All right, we've got a big show today. All right, one of the biggest ones we've had in a while, actually. We have a guest coming in. We have news breaking about, actually, the whole sports world, it seems like. And we have news breaking about our show. Big day today, Tony G Show, right here on SNC Radio. I'm the host, Tony G, partner Will McCormick. Say hi to the people. How's it going? They can't answer you back. I know. I tell you that every they time. Could, they could send us a DM on Twitter. Okay. Then they could tell okay. us what they're doing. I like what you're thinking about that. At yeah. Tony G for days on Twitter. At Willis5312 on Twitter. SNC Radio is at SNC Radio underscore radio. Wait. Mm-hmm. SNC underscore radio. Yep. Follow on us on there. You can hear us when we have special uh, <clears throat> special shows like today. Yeah. We posted about it or Big you know, show share today. stuff. and Big show today. Yeah. Before we get into the open here and before we get the show rolling, um, and before we start talking about some news, actually, uh, if you are listening right now to the Tony G Show here on SNC Radio, it is probably because I did a world of advertising. All right? mm-hmm. I'm quite the promoter. Yeah. I should be like promoting fights here. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different promotion. Okay. Fair enough, Will. Good point. But I have been advertising this all week. Mm-hmm. Michael Pant will be on the show. SNC basketball player, Pewaukee, Wisconsin native. He will be here a little before 2.30. What's going to happen if you are listening now and you are waiting for the Michael Pant interview in about a half hour? What will happen is when Michael gets here, uh, whatever conversation we will have, we will wrap up. We will hit a music break so we can bring Michael into the studio. And then uh, once we come out of that music break, it will be the Michael Pant interview that we are all waiting for. Good guy, good basketball player, and it ought to be a good interview. We're looking forward to that. Before we get into that and what we're going to be discussing today, um, announcements. Uh, you know, I, if unless you've been living under a rock, which un, isn't sanitary in this day and age, <laughs> the coronavirus is out of control. This pandemic, uh, the World Health Organization, who has issued that this is a global crisis or whatever, they came out and said that yesterday, uh, the NBA has put their season on hold. They have suspended play in the NBA until further notice, which means games won't be played. Uh, NCAA has ruled as of right now that March Madness will be played without fans. So like all the games that you're used to watching, you know, from the round of 64 through to the final four in the championship will be played without fans. That's right now. However... The trend is looking like there isn't going to be a March Madness at all, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. The Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, I think SEC and I know for sure ACC has canceled their tournament, like their in-conference tournament that they hold every year to see who wins the tournament or who wins the conference. They have canceled all of them. So now the NBA canceled some seasons, some some games this season, suspended the season. Mm -hmm. NCAA is pretty much doing the same thing towards the end of the year. NHL came out today, about an hour or so ago. They're going to be suspending their season. Two NBA players, by the way, Rudy Gobert and mm-hmm. his teammate Donovan Mitchell, have both been confirmed for coronavirus. Well, I, which is, I think, why the NBA decided to go and put Because who have those people come in contact with in the last oh. couple of days that they've been playing? Well, whoever the, uh, the Jazz just played... Um, both those teams are in quarantine right now. Yes. So they're, as of last night. Yep. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're it's it's serious. They're taking it very seriously. MLB, Major League Baseball, has come out and said that we're going to suspend spring training, and until further notice, the start of the season, which is set to begin in about two weeks here, is still up in the air. No one really knows if that's going to come to fruition or not. 
So, it's a whole thing here in the world. And it's also affecting schools in the state of Wisconsin, which is where St. Norbert is. Most, I think all Wisconsin colleges now have been closing down their campuses. And specifically to St. Norbert, next week was supposed to be our spring break, so we weren't going to have shows anyway. But then they also said that they're going to be switching some classes to online stuff and campus is going to be closed through April 13th. And that's uh, that's up in the air April 13th. That's up in the air too. They're going to convene April 3rd to discuss if April 13th is a good date of return for students to campus. And I mean, seeing that the the way things are going and the manner in which this is spreading, I don't I don't I don't know. I I think the chances that we come back April 13th are very slim. I, slim I would, to none. I would give it a slim chance and it's just it's too bad that, you know, this is obviously isn't great. This is like one of the worst pandemics mm-hmm. in a decade. Yeah. And I remember reading somewhere. It's just bad timing and you said something to the effect of um that if if we were that if we were going to come back it would only be like two or three weeks left anyway yeah so So, i think the chance that we come back on april 13th i mean this is just our thinking here it's slim to none chance here but what that means for the tony g show if you are a regular listener on the podcast or live uh we appreciate your listens but Mm -hmm. the tony g show I, I don't know when our next episode is going to be. I honestly have no could idea. Could be could be in a month from now. Could be you know. Could be season five. Could be the next next we semester. Are, this is episode ten of season four of the Tony G Show here on SNC Radio, and there could only be ten episodes realistically mm-hmm. to the Tony G Show if we can't get back into the studio after this whole coronavirus thing is uh, taking the world by storm, and I mean by storm. So, I mean it's a little sad and disheartening to say, but it's also just painfully truthful mm-hmm. i don't know when the next episode of the tony g show will be you can't ignore the facts either i mean you gotta gotta be precautionary and as much as i want to be around school and, and around you know friends and and have the show with you it's we got to be realistic and to and to look after the, our health as a society right and it's only it's only right that we do this as a community too mm-hmm. st norbert college community it's everybody i mean students are going to be gone i think there's some employees that will, will have tasks on a day-to-day basis just to keep their jobs rolling but i mean there's no sense of the future there's no timeline for this moving mm-hmm. forward and it's kind of scary but you know we're going to carry on like normal we've spent enough time on it as it is so let's get right to the open here and uh, start talking what we got on the docket today remember we talked tuesday about the chargers and the running back situation after melvin gordon had departed and then austin eckler was re-signed to a contract extension so now we're going to be talking about the other end of that. Melvin Gordon, who has left the Chargers, what his future looks like. I have two teams in mind, and one of them is a little far out there, a little outlandish scenario that I'm going to lay out, but I really mm-hmm. like it. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, the halfway point is what we're going to end the show out with. Michael Pant will be in here uh, talking to us about his journey to St. Norbert College, his season that he just had with the Green Knights, and his future. So both on and off the court, by the way, his future. So it'll be a good discussion. Look forward to it. Don't go anywhere. Tony G Show right here, SNC Radio. Big show today, so stay tuned. again so what will happen if you are listening now and looking forward to the michael pant interview we encourage you to you know stay listening throughout the duration of the show it's going to be a good one 
However, however, if you were just here for the Michael Pant interview, what will happen is when he gets here, we'll wrap up the discussion that we are currently having. And uh, we'll send it to a music break. So if you hear music at the 2.30 slot, just wait. That means Michael Pant is seconds away from being on air with us. Uh, so what will happen is we'll hit the a song break, play a song to get Mike uh, situated here in the studio. Then we'll bring it back and conduct the interview of Michael Pant. But until then, until then, what is the future of Melvin Gordon, the former Badger running back who has spent 2015 through... 2018 and then a shortened season because of a holdout in 2019 with the both San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers. His opted free agency, he is now out of the Chargers organization. And uh, what's his future look like? He said, uh, we said, excuse me, Tuesday that he is primarily a running back before a receiving back. Remember the stat that I threw out there that Austin Eckler has almost beat him in receiving yards throughout their two careers in two less seasons for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler... 1,600 receiving yards, and Melvin Gordon has two more years of work and only has 1,900, so only 300 more receiving yards for Melvin Gordon. So that means Melvin Gordon is more of a power running back that's going to get handoffs, tosses right out of the backfield and make a difference that way rather than being a utility knife type running back like a Christian McCaffrey or, or Austin Eckler in this case. So we all know that. We're just stating the obvious there. But where does he fit? Where Where is an organization that looks like he fits? And I have two organizations that I want to name, and they're a little bit out there, so stick with me through this. The first one, could you see him going to Miami and being a Dolphin? You think that's a good possibility, Will? Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Without they... looking at the show notes, tell me if you could see Melvin Gordon wearing the white and teal, orangish blue of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I definitely could see it happening. I mean, I feel like the Dolphins are... Uh... A struggling organization and they, they're you know melvin gordon's definitely going to be a chance we, we looked at his stats last show i can't remember exactly what they were but you know he sat out for part of this season and his numbers you know showed that he did and so you don't know where his production's at but the dolphins are one of those teams that they don't really care they just need a guy mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and, and well obviously they want good players but you know if there's a chance to get some guy who he could they could get melvin gordon relatively on the cheap he won't be cheap but Relatively cheap. Yeah, well, think about think about what he did last year so, and holding out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that he, really might, he may have hurt his stock. Yeah, and he'll get money, but I think that because of sitting out, he might be able to wait, or not wait, but he might be able to get a cheaper deal. So, but I could definitely see him fitting in Miami. They need they need some mm-hmm, role players. Mm-hmm. They have basically nobody. So yeah, that's and that's pretty much one of my points here. Will you did that without looking at the docket that we have? Their current running back depth chart in Miami. Tell me if you've ever heard of these guys. Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin, he rings a bell, and DeLance Turner. No. I mean, those are not the grade A starting running backs that Melvin Gordon... He'd fit right in. He would be a starter yeah. immediately. The only one I was think I could think of was Kenyon Drake, but I think he's gone, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. Because he was a guy who, who, you know, Rob Gronkowski, when they beat the Patriots, and they did like that wild mm-hmm. toss thing, and then Kronk tripped as he was running by him. Kenyon, Carrion Drake. Carrion Drake. Carrion Drake is... I don't know where he is. I. It's Car- Yeah, it's Carrion. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, I don't know. I, I forget where he is. I could look that up here. But that, that's fine. But, and uh, don't forget that they also had guys like Jay Ajayi, and they mm-hmm. couldn't retain him, make him part of their team moving forward. Carrion Johnson, by the way. That's right, he's in Detroit. Carrion Johnson is. So... Um, I think that if Melvin Gordon wants to start winning games, believe it or not, I say he fits into Miami. 
because they have three, count them, three, not one, not two, not four, but they have three first-round draft picks. The first one is third overall. Third, 21, and 26 is what they're going to be picking in uh, the first round in this year's draft. And many mock drafts, actually I believe it's five. I was incorrect, five. Is there is when they pick first. Many mock drafts have them slotted to pick Tua Tungavailoa out of Alabama. I see also mock drafts that say Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, the linebacker. Hmm. Edge rush, tackle. I mean, a lot of the mock drafts that I'm looking at are key upgrades, especially the quarterback spot, their first draft pick, the, the number five overall. So I think they're obviously in the rebuilding stage, but I feel like if I'm Melvin Gordon and I'm looking for competitiveness and I'm looking to go somewhere that is going to be successful relatively soon, I, believe it or not, would look at Miami. If they hit in this year's draft, and of course Melvin Gordon doesn't have to sign before the draft. He can wait till after and wait it out. And His decision, I'm sure, will be easier then. Who is doing the right things in terms of rebuilding? Who just hit in the draft uh, for the most part off, you know, off first glimpse without seeing any professional reps from these players? Who does he think hit first and I think the Dolphins are going to hit in this year's draft I think they're going to get a quarterback under him I think they might they might get another offensive lineman and if if Melvin Gordon signs with them I'm just throwing that out there that would be deadly Mm -hmm. Tua Vailoa, Melvin Gordon a new offensive line down in Miami I mean who doesn't who who is against that that says Mm -hmm. that and that division by the way not the best either no it's not very strong AFC East it's definitely a possibility. Mm, I mean, and they would they would throw money towards his way too. I mean, they need they need role players badly, and they're in that rebuilding phase. You know, what I mean, they're not paying exactly. anybody. I'm not educated on their big contracts, but you can. I don't I'm, think there I, is many. I can say without a doubt that they probably don't have much. Because remember, during the season, they just had to offload to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, his name's on the tip of my tongue here. The safety. Oh, um. Oh, the name is Minka on the, Fitzpatrick. That's it. Thank you, Will. Yeah, yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick. They had to offload him, so. I've, you know, the rebuild phase is in full swing for Miami. Mm-hmm. And if they hit in this year's draft, maybe go out and show some interest in Melvin Gordon, I think this rebuild will hit faster than anyone is expecting for the Dolphins, and that would benefit Melvin Gordon. I also want to throw this team out here. And this situation I'm going to lay out is a little bit outlandish. Stick with me through it, though. I think it's a possible um, scenario that could go down, that could occur, and... Here it is. Will, you tell me what you think. Think mm-hmm. honestly here. Where should he fit? Think of Cincinnati. This is the same argument that I have for Miami. Cincinnati. They're in the rebuilding mode. Remember, we've, we've talked before on the show about A.J. Green and Joe Burrow. Cincinnati is the number one pick overall. Going to take Joe Burrow for all intents and purpose, purposes. No one thinks that's not going to happen. So, you know, they get Joe Burrow. Um... The inclination from certain sources near Cincinnati say that they are going to franchise tag A.J. Green, so he's going to be right back in orange and black down there in Ohio. So working with A.J. Green, working with Joe Burrow, go out and you sign Melvin Gordon. You got your tight end, Zach Eifert, there. What more do you need? That's that's an offense that is primed to score many points, primed for, I mean, success. They're getting a whole new makeover. And I think it would be the piece they need to round out their offense. Now, now, if you hear that and you say, what about Joe Mixon? 
This is the part that gets a little out there. Okay, stick with me through this now. If you are Cincinnati, and I'm not basing this off of sources I've heard. I have no one close to the Cincinnati Bengals organization. This is just my own thinking here. If I am the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe this is like a Madden franchise mode type of way (laughs) of thinking. But if I am the Cincinnati Bengals, how does this sound? I mean, of course, no one's arguing that it would not be a lethal combo for Joe Mixon and Melvin Gordon. But Mm -hmm. what would Joe Mixon think? He's a starter-worthy running back. I mean, he's he does great in fantasy. I know that. I've had him on my team for the last couple of years. But, <laughs> I mean, what would he think if he's going to be the number one guy in Cincinnati for this rebuilding team that's going to have a whole new offensive mindset with a quarterback of Joe Burrow, and then you go out and sign another running back to start in front of you? Obviously, he wouldn't be happy. So if you're the Bengals, listen to this and tell me this one. Let me just throw this out there. You trade Joe Mixon, your already number one running back, for another first-round draft pick. I think he's worthy of that. If not, it would be like Joe Mixon and, like, say you trade a it would third. Be, you know he, what I mean? At, or, at, at least he would be... A second-rounder. At least, but I think... At least one second-round pick or more than one pick mm-hmm. after the third round. Yeah. I, at least. But you probably could swing it to get a first-round pick. Cause there's, oh, absolutely. A late first-round pick? Yeah, absolutely. There's a team out there that needs a running back, and, mm-hmm. and Joe Mixon's a quality back. You mean you could trade the team I just said, Miami Dolphins, three first-round draft picks, say, let us take one of your draft picks, yeah. maybe the last one, which is, I think, as I said, 26th or 28th, and you give them Joe Mixon. Now they get a running back, you get a draft pick, they still have two first-round draft picks, mm-hmm. and you use that draft pick, another first-round draft pick, and maybe take... I don't know, an offensive lineman, another offensive lineman, or round out your defense. Because mm-hmm. your offense is set, like I said, from the tight end to the wide receiver. Maybe get another wide receiver, use that draft pick, and draft another wide receiver behind A.J. Green, and now your offense is set for five years, mm-hmm. barring you know injury with A.J. Green. But yeah. I feel like it just takes bold moves like that when turning around an organization. Okay, you got to swap some draft picks. you got to take some risk. And, of course, there's no guarantee that Melvin Gordon is going to blow the doors off in the, the remainder of his career. He's been talented. He's been uh, productive. Mm-hmm. And he's been useful. I mean, obviously, he's been kind of durable. I mean, he hasn't been the most healthy. And, obviously, he sat out for the first six games of the most recent season. He, he held out, I should say, due to uh, new contract needs. So... I mean, I feel like he'd be a reliable running back to have in Cincinnati. I mean, I I feel like if you were to Cincinnati, go ahead, make that trade, get another first-round draft pick, put another wide receiver behind A.J. Green, and then go sign Melvin Gordon. Give him all the money that he wants, and now your offense is going gonna, is gonna to be set, as I said, for another five years, barring injury to A.J. Green. Let me ask, does it the fact that Melvin Gordon sat out for six games – you know, because he's he's waiting out, want a new contract. Does that make him less attractive to teams? I think it does. I think it does. Um, not because he held out, but because he didn't stick through with it. Le'Veon Bell stuck out the whole season, said, I'm not going to do this unless I get a new contract. Didn't get a new contract and was a man of his word. Didn't come back. But I think the fact that Melvin Gordon came back, showed his vulnerability, showed his hesitation, showed his hand, really. And it was something that, I mean... It was something that I think hurt him in the long run because now it's showing that that he wasn't concerned with the wins. He knew that Los Angeles, the Chargers, I mean, didn't have much hope for contending last season. And he saw that, and 
I feel like he showed his hand, and I think I feel like that does hurt him in the long run. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon shows his character. Yeah, and that's another thing. What type of locker room guy is he? Now, I think from what I've seen is that guys like him in the locker room. He's you know a, a very likable guy, approachable guy. Um, I remember seeing video when he came back first time returning to the locker room in Week Seven for the Chargers. Some players put out videos of social media of him returning to the locker room with his bags, and they were all, you know, congratulating well, not congratulating him, but welcoming him mm-hmm. back with open arms. And so he's a likable guy. Um, there have been sources. Remember hearing the sources that his dad was the one making him hold out and was in his ear the whole time about getting a new contract, and so that was really on his mind and and weighing on him. So I don't feel like it was all him. You know, I mean, that's a possibility, too. Yeah. Of course, there's more to that story that none of us know. but it's Or will a, ever know. Or will ever know, that's right. But I feel like he's still a likable guy, a, a healthy guy to have in the locker room. You know, I, I don't feel like there would be any downfall to that. So, I mean, once again, this is just throwing out the Madden franchise mode trade possibility of, you know, swap a first-round draft pick with someone like Miami who has three of them. Give them a running back because they need one, as I said. Give them Joe Mixon. Go out inside Melvin Gordon. And even if the even if the Bengals don't want Melvin Gordon, as I said, you know, this has been a conversation about Gordon. Even if the Bengals don't want him, you still got Joe Mixon to rebuild with. So, I mean, it's not like you need to go out and do it. But I just feel like maybe, maybe pick him up and trade him. That too, you could still trade him. You you could still trade him. Obviously, that's not ideal for Gordon. No, I think he he, th- he might have a no trade clause in there. Maybe in the new contract coming up because he has that power. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just a uh, interesting possibility to mm-hmm. think about. You know, I I don't want to be closed minded. I don't want to be. Um. Yeah. No. You just throwing out the possibilities of. Yeah, franchise mode. Yeah. Madden, like I said, between yeah. between the Miami and and Cincinnati discussion, which ones are you more drawn to? Well, considering that I came up with both of these, I'm more drawn to I'm more drawn to Cincinnati because I just feel like that would be a trade that would send a message. Not mm-hmm. only is it a trade that that shows your effort, but it shows a it sends a message to the rest of the league that we're looking to compete now. Mm-hmm. They're not going to sit out Joe Burrow behind Andy Dalton. They're going to play him now. They're going to franchise take AJ Green, try to show his interest. Remember, we had that discussion about AJ. This is AJ Green's time to sh- to reprove himself to the mm-hmm. league and to the Bengals as much as it is for the Bengals to reprove themselves to him. Yeah. Remember we had that discussion and I think it was season four, episode six that we talked about the whole AJ Green thing. You like how I have those memories just on the docket? Yeah, that's pretty Yeah. Are you crying? Amazing. What? Are you crying? No. Your eyes are like wet. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 well, wet. they're supposed to be well, dry. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't want dry eyes. No, that wouldn't be fun. All right. Well, anyways. Um, yeah, just to round out that discussion, I mean, I feel like it'd be an interesting Yeah, I mean, uh, especially as a... Um, it would just be fun to talk about, too, especially if we went to Cincinnati and that whole thing played out like that. It would just be... I don't know. I think Miami might be a... It might be a solid pick. It just seems like Miami has a hard time holding people... Retaining Qual- people, quality right. players. I mean, like the how, can, Fitzpatrick how can they thing. not keep Minka Fitzpatrick? The Jay Ajayi thing too. Yeah, I mean, he was a durable, valuable he, running back, and they just gave him to Philadelphia. He was a great back. Mm-hmm. He was a great back. I don't and like it's not like they have huge contracts that are holding them back. I, I just think Miami's kind of like a really undesirable place to play. And even and and think about that. What Miami is, 
to say that. I mean, it's but think about even their quarterback. They had their their guy, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, mm-hmm. it's different when teams draft a player that no one sees coming, but they say, you know, this is our guy. We're going to keep him moving forward, like the Giants are doing with Daniel Jones right now. So just to wrap this up, Melvin Gordon kind of hurt himself holding out and then not sticking through with it. Like Le'Veon Bell held out the entire season, didn't give in, and he found himself a home. And I'm not saying Melvin Gordon won't find himself a home. It's just that what is he looking for in a home? Uh, is he looking for competitiveness? Is he looking to go win championships? Or is he looking for money? Show, As Will said, it might show his character. All right. Tony G show halfway point. The moment we've all been waiting for. Michael Pant is in the building. Not in studio just yet. He's about to walk up to the studio with Will McCormick. We're going to take a quick break. Get Michael Pant in here. And, I mean, the interview coming up. We've all been waiting for it. Don't go anywhere. Tony G Show, SNC Radio. We're going to be back in about two to three minutes with Michael Pant. All right, let's resume here. Tony G Show on SNC Radio. Will McCormick's back in studio, but that's not who we're here to talk about. We have our buddy, friend of the show, Michael Panton here, talking about SNC basketball, talking about his journey to St. Norbert, talking about his future. Let's say hi to the to the man himself. Mike, how are we doing? Thanks for coming around today. We really appreciate you coming to the Tony G Show. And uh, how you been? Been great. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good to get Michael in here. <laughs> I, you owe me, by the way. This is something Michael and I, you know, this is both our sophomore year. Actually, Will, everyone in the studio is a sophomore. I have known Michael since, I mean, what, day one of college. Yeah, we, were, we were in the same gateway class, seminar is what they called it. And so we have known each other. We've been friends on Snapchat for like two years now. We're, you know, we're pretty cool. <laughs> we're pretty cool with each other. Yep. And I have told you since day one, I said, you owe me a game on one-on-one in yeah. basketball, on the court. I said, I got to take you on. <laughs> and I told you, I don't want to do it in season. I'm a dog. I don't want to injure you. You know, <laughs> I go hard. Okay. I'm like, I'm like the, the, the old Pistons of basketball. Okay. I'm not. Bad I'm boys. Not. Terrible. Yeah. I'm like the bad boys. That's what I am. One on one. We got to schedule yeah, that sometime. Get it down. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to that. Should be good. Michael Pant, the sophomore for SNC basketball. Averaged five and a half points this year. Four and a half rebounds. You got some good minutes this year for a sophomore, even last year too. And you shot forty-two percent from three-point range. Do you know that? I did know that. Yeah, it's a very yeah. good. That's a very good <laughs> three-point percentage. Thank you. And we're going to be talking about a certain three later in <laughs> later in the episode. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But anyways, before we get to basketball, you are a Pewaukee, Wisconsin native. Am I saying that right? Pewaukee. Yeah. Yep, Pewaukee. Yep. Okay. You were out of Kettle Moraine High School. And before we get to the whole basketball thing. I want you to tell me something. If I was coming to Pewaukee and I asked you this question, which does Michael Pant prefer? The giant pretzel and cheese curds from Revere's Wells Street Tavern or the unlimited salad bar at Thunder Bay Lake? He didn't see this coming. I didn't run this past him. I told him to forget about this part. Uh, If I was going to recommend one out of the two... I'd have to go with the cheese curds. Those are just mm. unbeaten. Yes. Revere's. Can't go wrong with cheese curds. I mean, the it's a Wisconsin thing, the cheese curds, yeah, really. I mean, exactly. I, I would probably go with that, too. Giant pretzel? I've never really been a pretzel guy. Yeah, I mean, it's good, but, I mean, cheese curds are the... Okay. Not much of a salad bar guy, either. 
if they had a dessert table, unlimited dessert table, then I'd be in for it. Anyways, more Pewaukee questions here. I have two more for you. Second one, I don't know. I don't. You don't have this one coming. All right. <laughs> but this first one, the day is July fourth. I'm coming down to Pewaukee to hang out with Michael Pam. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do, no plans. Take me through a day on Pewaukee Lake. What are we doing? Are we fishing? I know they have music on Wednesday nights. I know they have water ski shows on Thursday nights in the summer. Yeah. What are we doing on Pewaukee Lake? Middle of the summer, no plans. Well, to start, you'd probably, probably go over to the beach on Pewaukee. That's right, and have a good beach down there. Yeah, right? yeah go to the beach. They got a bunch of stuff going on, obviously. It's 4th of July. Um, you go to the chocolate factory there. They got oh. great sandwiches. You probably hit that for lunch. Um, I'm sure they'd have some water show going on. Probably, yeah. Um, go back to the house. Uh, picnic or, you know, barbecue. Something one like on that. One-on-one in the backyard. That's what it would be. One-on-one, <laughs> me and Mike. <laughs> oh, oh, just me and you? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well then, well then we'd eat dinner somewhere. you go to Revere's. Let's say we go to Revere's then. Revere's. Get the pretzel and the yeah. unlimited salad. All right. And then... Come back to the lake, watch the fireworks show. Yeah, yeah, you know. they do fireworks too. Yeah, so. And I I know all this. I'll tell you why I know all this in a second. This last question, unbasketball related. This is a trivia question. <laughs> Will, you're going to like this one. What does Pewaukee Lake mean? <laughs> you, you stumped me. I got no clue. Nothing? No clue. It means the lake of shells. Really? You've never heard that before. Never. <laughs> the reason why I know all this stuff about Pewaukee is because I called... I called the Pewaukee Parks and Rec Department, and I asked them about Pewaukee Lake. That's why I know that there's music on Wednesdays. That's why I know there's water ski shows on Thursdays. And that's why I know Pewaukee Lake means the Lake of Shells. That's pretty impressive. Pewaukee Parks and Rec Department. They'll help you out if you're ever wondering about Pewaukee, Wisconsin. All right, well, you don't care. You aren't listening. Let's get down to business here, basketball. Before we talk about your St. Norbert season, because you had a great season. Thank you. I want to ask you about your high school days. Because you, I remember, again, we've been friends for a couple of years now. I remember the first one of the first conversations we had was I asked you if you've ever played against some talented players, like D1 caliber players, and you told me yes. You've played along the names of Tyler Harrow's, the Tyrese Halliburton's, Joey Hauser's. Tell me mm-hmm. what that was like playing against them in high school. Did it make you raise your bar? Did it make your teammates raise their bars too? What was it like playing against that type of namesake? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it definitely raised my caliber of play i think because you know that you're going to play against this really good player so yeah you're kind of locked in going into the game mm-hmm. more than you normally are right right um and you're just kind of like you want to beat them very bad and show like that you're good too yeah. so your play just goes up your teammates play goes up um there's definitely gonna be more fans there with those names on the court so you know you got more energy i guess so mm-hmm. you yeah, know it's just a fun atmosphere so tell me playing against these guys Obviously, there's a lot of hype around them, being who they are, heading to their D1 programs. Do you say that the hype around them is just hype, or is it actually talent? These guys are really talented. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely it's not hype. They're mm-hmm. definitely talented. All all three of those players that I've played against have yeah. are very very good, um, and they they've shown that in college. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Which one has been the best player, individual player, not on a yeah. team, not team player? Which one has been uh, the most I'd talented? I'd say definitely Tower Hero. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Because he, he's not just like a one-level scorer where he can just shoot it. He can get yeah. to the rim. Good yeah. defender. Taller player. So yeah. just really a good player overall. Now on the Miami Heat, by the way. Yeah. Good friends with Jimmy Butler. One more question related to both high school and college now. How has your preparation for games changed from high school 
to college? I mean, is there any sort of routine that you've gone through through your entire career? And if so, how has it changed between the two levels? Yeah, um, it's, it hasn't really changed, to be honest. I mean, I like to listen to music before the games. For each game, I like to wear something different. I like wearing the same thing. Sure. So I like to change it up a little bit. That stayed the same. Yeah, I mean, preparations, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of superstitious. So like, sure. I like to keep things the same, but change my clothes every... Well, what's your, what's your go-to pump-up song? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. The go-to pump-up song. I know SNC Basketball has a pretty <laughs> hype-filled soundtrack to warm up to. The intro music? Yeah. That was bumped up a little bit. SNC Basketball's got that part covered. Shout-out to, to Matt Lynch for that the track. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah, no, uh, my favorite song or pump-up song to go to, I'd have to say, is Forever by, uh, by Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little Drake. You can't go wrong with Drake. It's just a classic. You know, yeah. Gets you pumped up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with Drake. St. Norbert specific here. The last two seasons have fallen a little shy of winning the conference, You know, winning the tournament. You've been able to host it. Your first two years here, you've hosted the conference tournament, the Midwest yeah. Conference tournament, and you've gone to the championship each year but lost in it. What hurdle do you have to jump as a team to be able to grab that championship? Because you've gotten so close in past years, yeah. But what hurdle, what obstacles are in the way from you guys bringing it home? Um, I think part of the, I don't want to say issue, but like it's not an issue. I mean, we all love playing with each other. Oh sure. Um, we just kind of fell short. Mm-hmm. I think the only hurdle that we'd have to pass is just playing. I don't want to say play harder, but kind of we just have to play a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Play for the full forty minutes, right? Not in spurts. Um, I mean, hats off to Lake Forest and Ripon. Yeah. In both both those two games, they played great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just kind of like we need to play the 40 minutes instead of just spurts. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you about this part here. This is specific to the most recent Midwest Conference Championship. Ripon College came in here and beat the Green Knights and, and took the Conference Championship. In the second half, there were six Green Knight team fouls before the 15-minute mark. What, what mm-hmm. played into that? Was it just... The nerves of being up by 10 at halftime, what, what played into that? Or I think it was tied at halftime, actually. But you guys were playing well, and then the second yeah. half came around, and then, you know, just ripping played well. But, of course, the six team fouls, that got in the way, too. Yeah, that can, uh, those six fouls took us out of our rhythm, definitely. Yeah. We were, we were playing pretty well, and then part of it might have been playing too aggressive on defense. But, uh, sure. I mean, that's not, we're going to change the way that we play. So, I mean, not much you can do about the fouls. Yeah. Just yeah. got to keep playing, but yeah, it was definitely a, a game changer to get us out of our rhythm and whatnot. So now I want to ask you this question. This is going to be a little funner one. <laughs> I want you to put, not just me, not just Will McCormick, not just the listeners, but everyone. I want you to put us in the huddle with Coach Gary Gresh for this situation. You are down 85-82, hosting UW Oshkosh at the start of the season, <laughs> under a minute remaining. Yeah. Okay. Put me in the huddle there, because we all know how this ends. I wanted to pull it up. I wanted to have the audio here, but <laughs> that was hard to find. So, put me in the huddle for that situation. Yeah, it was it was definitely crazy. Um, Coach Crush in those situations, he's very calm, which is yeah great to have. I mean, you can't. It's unmatchable, really. Just yeah, calm. So that kind of calms us down. Told us what we what we had to do: play good defense, get the ball back, and then come down and run our offense. Which is really what what happened is we ran our offense and 
Yeah. 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 Experienced guy. I mean, you could tell yeah. that he has that poise to him. Definitely. On on the sideline there in front of the bench during games that he's just calm in any situation. I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't really seem phased at all. He does a lot of foot stomping, though. I will say that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, he's definitely calm, poised coach, and that's great to have. Mm-hmm. So down 85-82, the same situation hosting UW Oshkosh. Here's what happens under a minute remaining. St. Norbert gets the ball. It's about, I don't know, 20. The shot clock's been turned off. Michael mm-hmm. Pant gets the ball. Hits a three at the buzzer. Sends it to overtime. Was Michael Pant supposed to get that shot? It was really not anyone supposed to get the shot. It was just okay. kind of like whoever was open. And it happened that Jibble gave me a great handoff pass. Yeah. That kind of allowed me to get open, really. And uh, the shot went in, so I mean... The ice in the veins crazy, of Michael yeah. Pant. Just able to hit it, knock it down. It was a great moment to experience. It was fun to be there. And then in overtime, you had a great overtime too Thank and helped you. the Green Knights get the win. I mean, throughout that game, I think it was a good trademark of the season that you guys had because you lost mm-hmm. the first two, right? I mean, yeah. first two of the season, went on a big stretch of about 14, 15 in a row, I yeah. think it was, lost to Rippon. Went on another stretch and then lost to Ripon again in the conference championship. That was yeah. a good trademark to the season because I feel like you guys were clean, crisp, fast the entire season. What was the season like playing? I mean, it didn't seem like Gary Grush sat with five guys on the court at all times. He rotated players in left and right. As a player, yeah. what was it like to play through this season? It was it was honestly amazing. It was a special season for sure. The, uh, the chemistry on this team was at an all-time high. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was getting along. Everyone liked each other. You know, that's what really, really helped the season is the chemistry. Yeah. You know, guys getting along. Yeah. Seems like there's a lot of personality on the Green Knights, especially yeah. coming from guys like Connor Curtis yeah. or Joe Lemon. Which way do I want to go here? I want to ask you this one question about Joe Lemon. You being on the team here, what was this moment like when Joe Lemon, of course, he's been injured all season, comes in, regular season finale, senior day, comes in, I mean... You being able to watch that from a sophomore perspective of the senior on his way out, being injured all year, and finally being able to suit up and just get at least a couple seconds of play yeah. in the season, what was that like? Uh, it showed it showed a lot, a lot of character from Joe. Yeah. Um, going from you know playing a lot sophomore, junior year, and freshman year too, and then having a unfortunate injury and still working hard to heal his leg. And get back to that moment. It showed a lot, and it showed like what our program's about, what the seniors have built. I mean, mm-hmm. credit to them for helping build this program. Um, yeah, no, it just it showed a lot of character. And it was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, and and I want to talk about this too, in part with Joe Lemon. Uh, this year you were graduating a couple seniors. Last year you graduated none. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about that last year. You're bringing back everyone. So with that being said. The experience on this team, what have you picked up from the seniors on their way out? Jordan Newman, Connor Curtis, Joe Lemon, Joe Sear. What have you learned from these guys? I've learned a lot in these two years being with them. One, you got to be ready to play every day when you come step on that floor for practice. You can't come out being lazy. It's a, it's a battle every day. So what you're saying is they want to treat practice like a game. The same intensity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a hard, it's a grind, but you know, it's, it's a fun grind when you're with your teammates and brothers, really. And um, they kind of helped build that atmosphere. You know, it, it, they also showed, like, how fun it can be at, at the same time. You know, being that conference tourney 
with yeah. all the all the fans there, it, you know, it showed like what you worked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've I've learned a lot, a lot of leadership skills from them with how they've led this team. I mean, that's that's good stuff because I'm always interested to see how seniors help out a team or the more experienced guys help out some of the younger guys in the college atmosphere, especially at the D3 level. But uh, a little bit more about you here. Tell me about your future here. What do you find promising about what you're bringing back? I mean, Jacob Bulwark had a great year. You had a great year. Mm-hmm. Coming back next year, what are we looking at for the Green Knights? Yeah, no, it's, it's looking great. Um, we're, we're losing four great seniors, yeah. but we're also, you know, we got Wade coming back. We got the cleaner, Nolan, coming yep. back. Yep. Um, Jared Murphy's coming back. Yeah. I mean... We got we got a lot of great players coming back. We got a great class coming in. Um, yeah, no, it, it should be great. Uh, keep building, obviously, and uh, keep working. It, sh- it should be another great another two years. Have you? Um, do you know any of the recruits? Uh, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or not. Yeah. Do you have any that you are excited about that are that are coming on to the team next year? Um, to be honest, I don't I don't know really know them like. Individually, like I've met all of them, but you know, there's there's a lot of recruits that come in. So I mean, I've I've seen the ones that have committed yeah. on Twitter, and um, I've seen it looks yeah, there. it looks very promising. I mean, the coaches do a great job of recruiting, and you know, that's a part of the program is the coaches just do a great job of building the program. Yeah, and and to add on to that point, some of the younger guys this year, like you know, sophomores this year are going to be juniors next year. Yeah, freshmen this year are going to be sophomores next year. Guys like uh, you know, of course, you, Jacob, uh, Jack Pettit. Yeah. Freshmen like Josh Nicholas, who got some good time too. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of young talent here too. As much as as mm-hmm. much as there is, you know, yeah. seniors coming back. Definitely, yeah. I mean, even the guys that didn't get very much minutes this year, yeah, they're they're very good. Um, you know, they they contribute a lot in practice, and I'm sure you know their time will come where they get in, they get in the court, get some minutes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, no, they did a lot like hard work and whatnot. Yeah. Um, during yeah. practice, I mean, a lot goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. than just in the game. Oh, of course, yeah. Especially with the young guys, and and that shows something to the coaches too that they're here to participate too. They know they're not going to get as much playing time, if any, in like a bigger game, bigger yeah. atmosphere. Yep. But they're still going to show up and work. That shows a lot to yeah, exactly to the coaches too. Um, so just one more question about the basketball aspect here and the coaches. You know, Gary Gresh, good friend of mine, Corey Shashelchik, veteran coaching staff, experienced coaching staff. I mean, talk about them for just a, a couple seconds here about how they've helped you how they've taught you and the type of people that they are yeah you know every every coach is amazing um they bring something different to the table i was supposed to give coach Corey a shout out for for helping me with my three-point shot when you brought that up about the 42 percent yes sir he was uh after practice he was always working with me on my shot so that was a, a big factor coach klein was also uh a great factor in my uh finishing because my finishing was pretty bad to start the year sure uh finishing around the hoop but then mm-hmm. you know he helped me out doing push-ups every every missile layup and whatnot and quick note about that before you continue in the ripping game you had a pretty memorable finish in that in that first half there a little little dunk piece <laughs> there that yeah. i think i like to remember that's what you're talking about a little finish on it okay. yeah yeah yep. yeah no and you know every every coach is just great um coach z coach Rorg, yep. coach cassily yep. um you know, and then you got Coach Grash leading the team. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's all awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great atmosphere and whatnot. Yeah, it's a good time to be around St. Norbert and be, a, and be a fan of this Green Knight basketball team. So, you personally, not basketball, let's talk about you and where you're headed. What are you studying here at St. Norbert College? I'm studying biology. Um, okay. My major is biology, so 
Yeah, I'm taking a lot the of, hard lot stuff of is, is what you're saying. Yeah, the, yeah, the it's, labs it's and tough. stuff like that. Okay, yeah. and I'm sure it's going to get tougher now with this whole coronavirus scare. <laughs> and now we have to do yeah, stuff no, online. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I know it's a crazy time of year, especially to be a college student. So you're studying biology <laughs> when you graduate from here. Where's he heading to? Uh, I'll probably apply to the Marquette Dental School. Sure. And you know, go to dental school there. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it's the goal. Yeah. And then become a dentist. There you go. I like it. I like it. Working with the pearly whites, Michael Pant. All right. You have any notes that you want to get to? Anything that you want to say here? No, I just just wanted to thank the coaches again for a a great season and everything that they did for us. Um, Thank the seniors as well um, for leading the way. Yeah, absolutely. Creating the environment and helping build the program. And that I'm looking forward to the next two years being a Green Knight. Yes. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no problem, Michael. Thank you for coming on. Tony G Nation really appreciates this, I tell you. <laughs> really appreciate you coming on. I know Will and I do. This is going to wrap up the episode of the Tony G Show. Okay, we're going to move on after this. Um, don't know when the next episode of the Tony G Show is going to be, unfortunately. But uh, just to close it out, Mike, thanks for coming on again. We really appreciate this. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. All right, Tony G Show, SNC Radio.